Hello and welcome to episode 155 of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I am Jarrett and I am here with the scourge of Iron Forge and games industry public defender, Nick Zellenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and we are also here with uh, our co-host from WoW Talk, Ray Lou. Hello. How you doing, Ray? Good. Good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last time we were on the MASHcast, we were talking all about you. We did that uh, special edition on um, uh, quality assurance. That we did. Did. All right, so uh, it's quite a bit to talk about this week. Actually, as I was putting the topic list together, uh, we got notification that uh, two guys got caught uh, trying to, uh, well, they had, they had a plan to go shoot up the Pokemon World Championships, uh, but they failed, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, possibly Destiny coming to the PC, uh, FTC violations for YouTube streamers, uh, Xbox One compatibility, backward compatibility with Xbox, like, you know, the original Xbox One. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, EverQuest Prison Server, the Nintendo NX uh, game. You know, we're going to talk about the games industry is too secretive, and then we're going to talk about the myth of the core gamer. Um, but before we get into all that, uh, I guess I just want to see how how, are, how how is your week's going, guys? Everything going good? It's going. It's going. Nothing happened. <laughs> it was just the. Uh... <laughs> Didn't do anything game-related. I stared at uh, the Heroes of the Storm buy button for way longer than I expected to. There's a... but I did. I, I have Well, not buy, I guess install, I should say. Yeah. I haven't actually installed it yet. I thought about that, and I was like, no, nah, I'll just play one of my alts in Warcraft. That's, <laughs> that's really about it. You, just bo- you box yourself in, Nick, all the time. I do. You box I do. yourself in. <laughs> right, you get anything happen this week? Uh, well, I've been bumped up to... Coming or going into work an hour earlier in six day work week, so staring at a lot more game time. I'm playing more games at work probably than I am at home now. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, one game, I guess. Eh, well, it's more than Nick, so I guess that's fine. I'll oh, accept yeah. that answer. Well, and, and we did, I had a couple friends over this weekend and I let them uh, try out the beta. We did that too. Oh, that's nice. Like, yeah, good times. Good times. Okay, so um, I before I get into topics, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about Fallout Shelter because they got me. They got me good. I have already spent twenty dollars in this game. Oh god. <laughs> okay, I've already spent twenty dollars in Fallout Shelter. Um, but I'm not upset about it. Uh, you know, and to be honest with you, to be honest with you, you can play Fallout Shelter without spending money if you really want to. You can do that, but I I will tell you that the beginning, like when you're first starting off, it is slow. It is slow because the money is is, is comes in at such a trickle. Um but it it's not slow to the point where you'll get nothing done. I was just being impatient. Like I wanted to get some things done and then the I guess what kind of um tipped me over to, to spending cash was that I, I got attacked by raiders and I just wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. My vault was li- like literally on the verge of collapsing. And I was like, you know what? I could, you know, try to just, you know, say, you know sew this thing back together. Uh, but you know, fuck it. I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy the lunch boxes. So I bought $15 worth of lunch boxes. Okay. 
That's more than you spend on actual lunch. That is true, yes. <laughs> I bought $15 worth of lunch boxes, and they got me the cash and the resources I needed. Um, so I was able to rebuild my vault and get everything going again. Later on in the week, I bought these things called Mr. Handies, which... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, uh, one Mr. Handy was in one of the lunch boxes. It was kind of like the bump they give you when they want, you know, you to buy drugs. <laughs> and like you know, this one's on the, this one's on the house, you know. I think with a name like Mister Handy, stay away from the drug references. <laughs> yeah, so like what Mister Handy does, and so for most of the week, Mister Handy was outside my vault. I didn't know what it did. I didn't even think to pull it inside of the vault. Uh, but when I did, uh, when I did pull it inside the vault, what I found out that Mister Handy actually goes back and forth. Um, it goes back and forth. On, a, on a, any given floor and it will collect resources for you automatically. That's what Mr. Handy does. I so need to just re-edit this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it collects it collects uh, stuff for you automatically via the resources and it will also like fight fires, uh, fight attackers because it has a flamethrower built into it, you know, stuff like that. So I bought five of those after I got the one. Because my vault actually has ten floors at this point. Uh, but another thing that did—that's where the twenty dollars was spent. Now, I guess the thing that I really want to talk about is one of the I got because you know when you buy a lunchbox, sometimes you'll get a character like it'll have like uh, a character to come to your vault for you, you know, um, to come from the wasteland to your vault. And these characters aren't slouches; like they have high stats. And so the the character I got his name was Donald Harper. Okay, and he comes in. He has good strength, really high perception, really high luck. What else did he have? And like just high stats, like on endurance and uh, um, uh, agility and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, this is gonna be great. But then I start as I'm using him, I start to hate Donald Harper because. He's getting all the chicks. Like, in order to make your vault grow, you have to, like, breed with the other chicks. And the reason I say breed is because there's no love here. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) There's no love going on here. Like, you literally can have a man and a woman in one of the rooms together. He'll get the chick pregnant. Another chick, and while the chick is still in the room, you can pull another chick in the room, and he'll start talking to that one and and prepping to get her pregnant. So there's no love here. Like I, the like I, the only thing you can't do is when somebody has the same mother or the same father, those two offspring you can't put them together. They won't fuck. Okay. So incest is out. Incest but everything is out. Else. Yeah, fine. <laughs> but so like, <laughs> I had to start um, naming them all the same last name, like when they were in the same family, so that I didn't run into that problem. Because I was, like, putting two people together. I leave. I come back. I'm like, why aren't they fucking? (laughs) You know? And I was like, oh, fuck their relatives. You know? Because you actually have to tap inside the room to read what they're saying. So you're saying that if there were an option, like, an incest switch, you would turn that off because it would make your gameplay easier. Possibly, yes. You quickly realize feelings aren't aren't uh, aren't a thing here. Like it's a little bit more than feelings in that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So, um, 
But yeah, I start to hate Donald Harper because he's getting all the checks. I have to use this guy. I would be an idiot not to breed this guy because he has high stats. Because the way you get the stats work on the kids is it's an average between the man and the woman. You know? And it's toward the beginning of a game anyway, so it's like everybody has low stats. Except Donald Harper. So Donald Harper's getting all the bitches. Every time he comes into the vault, you know, because since he has high stats, I also send him out into the wasteland. So every time he comes into the vault, you know, he gets like three, four chicks pregnant. You know? While, you know, Wayne isn't getting anybody because Wayne has low stats. <laughs> Damn know? it, Wayne. I know. You know, so it's like, and, and the thing is, you, later on in the game, you do get these rooms that let you um, build stats. But that's that's uh, that's a ways into the game. Um, I, it took me a few days to be able to get those rooms. And then when you do put people in there, I think like the first stat boost takes an hour and a half. The next stat boost takes like three hours. The next one after that takes like four and a half hours. So it takes a long time to boost stats. So basically, you know, I'm, I'm stuck with Donald Harper. I'm just like, this guy, he was like, he, he came into this world with fucking high stats. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the, the world was handed to him on a platter. You know, he has the high stats, which means he gets to go into a wasteland. He gets to be a hero. He gets to all the money out there, comes back, brings it back. Then he's rewarded with, like, you know, just just women coming at him, you know, to get pregnant to make more kids in hopes of having decent stats. And that's that's how I came to hate Donald Harper. I don't know if that's what if that says something about the game or something about me and my life. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. <laughs> I guess there was some haterade in those lunchboxes. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Actually, I, I got another guy. I forget his name, but he has higher stats than Donald Harper now. I, ju- I just got now him. you hate him. I do hate him. I just got him today. I just got him today. No, no. How would you feel if you could name these characters that you hate? Like, what if you could change Donald Harper's name to, you know, Jarrett Redding? Uh, I, I wouldn't because I'm not an <laughs> asshole like that. I worked for everything I have. It wasn't given to me. Okay. You don't, you don't know what, what, what Donald Harper went through when he was outside the fallout shelter? You don't know Donald what his life Harper was like before? Donald Harper came from a lunchbox, okay? <laughs> Donald Harper came from a lunchbox. And, like, you know, he just reaps all the rewards. In the meantime, I have guys who started from the bottom and were, you know, going out to the wasteland, having some trouble out there, coming back, training up, then going back out there and just getting better and better. And still, Donald Harper pulls in the most cash, the most items, you know, from the, uh, from the wasteland. And it's like, no matter how hard they try, they can't, they can't. Out Donald Donald Harper. It's it's a shame. That's, that's I, I'm just saying. I got it. Probably says more about me that I hate Donald Harper than the game. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my Fallout Shelter story. I've been posting pics whenever something funny happens all week. Um, I posted a question on Twitter earlier, so if anybody who saw my question on Twitter has listened to this, I figured it out on my own. It was basically there's these things called. You, at first, you just fight these things called raiders, right? And and the raiders, um, they, they break into the vault, which when your vault door is level one, even though it's supposed to be this huge, thick piece of metal that, you know, can keep radiation out of, you know, the vault, the raiders break it down in like two seconds at level one. They break it down in like, 
five seconds of level two, and when you have it at level three, it takes them about 15 seconds. But the raiders come in, and, you know, they uh, they tear the place up. They, they steal resources and then try to kill people. Death Claws, fucking, they, they are extremely difficult to kill. Like, raiders? Raiders have never gotten past my second floor. Death Claws, the first three times they came, they got down to my eighth floor. Like, it was really tough. Like, it's really tough to kill them. Um, and thanks, actually, the only reason I think they, they only got that far was because of the Mr. Handies. The Mr. Handies were helping fight them on each floor. But now, like, now I, I, uh, I have somebody who has a machine, like a, uh, like a chain gun. He came back from the wasteland, and I put him as a guard at the door. And somebody else uh, that has uh, that usually sent out to the wasteland, and basically I have them alternate rooms as the death claws are going through them. Now I'm killing death claws by the time we get to the second floor. So I, I figured it out on my own internet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's worth it. I would suggest you play it. it. It's a good game. You don't, like I said, you don't have to buy the lunch boxes. But I was just being impatient. But now that our uh, fallout shelter portion is over for this week let's uh let's talk about what's going on in boston uh so there is the uh pokemon champ world uh, championship that is going on at the heinz convention center and it looks like uh it looks like the community was alerted to these guys uh you know threatening you know threatening to come shoot the place up or you know perform some type of violence there i didn't read the actual tweets because it was on twitter uh they, I think they was one of the community managers from Nintendo picked it up, or the Pokemon company, so, you know, Nintendo picked it up, and then they beefed up security. You know, they had security on the watch looking for people like this. Uh, the guys did not make it into the actual convention center, but they didn't get arrested there either. The police had to get a search warrant, and this, after the police, I think they uh, searched their vehicle, they found a 12-gauge shotgun, an AR-15, several hundred rounds of ammunition, and a hunting knife. And after that, arrest warrants were uh, handed out for two people, Kevin Norton, he was 18, and James Stumbo, who was 27, uh, which that's just just too old to be shooting up a place. 27. But uh, they uh, they got taken into custody at their hotel. Like, why would you go back to your hotel after you know the jig is up? You know, you came there to shoot the place up, Obviously, you're not getting in. You really think the hotel was the best place to be, but regardless, you know, I'm glad they got caught and nobody got hurt at the at the the Pokemon World Championship because you know now like that because these guys got caught, people are making jokes like they're making Pokemon jokes. This could this conversation could have went totally differently. I don't know who has been making Pokemon jokes about this. This is a very serious thing. Nick has been making Pokemon jokes about it. <laughs> We've had a couple people on our Facebook page make Pokemon jokes about it. One of my friends on my Facebook feed, he made a Pokemon joke about it. You know, like, a lot of people are making Pokemon jokes about it. What, what, what are some of the better Pokemon jokes that you've heard? Uh, that it was Team Rocket. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's a uh, good Good job for the for the guy for the uh, security at the Heinz. Good job for the Boston Convention Center. Good job for that judge that uh approved that warrant on a Sunday. Well, you know this is one of those things though too, where especially the city of Boston. I know ever since the the incidents there, what was it back in 2012, 
2013. 2013, I um, believe, yeah. 2013, yeah. They've, in general, they've been on a much more heightened alert for this kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and even then, I know, well, I mean, we, we went to the one packs and security was fairly lax, and that was the one the year before. Um, you know, since then, you know, they're, they're stepping up security everywhere, not just, not just the Pokemon convention, um, but just all over the city. I think they're, they're in general a little more vigilant towards this. So it's not surprising. I know in a way, I guess it's good that of all cities you could hold your Pokemon tournament, you'd pick Boston because it's, it's one of the, the more, I guess, I don't want to say prepared cities necessarily, but just, just more, more, more conscientious in regards to this kind of stuff. Yeah. I I believe that because I think the last packs I went to they weren't checking bags, no. And now they are. Yeah. Which that I mean that has to tremendously just slow down the process of getting in the. I in the I don't understand what, why people. I mean I know like traditionally women carry purses, but like why do people? Well, I mean I, I say this is somebody who is toting around, but no, even then I don't think I brought my laptop with me the whole time. No, because generally we left it in the media room. So, well, I, mean, I guess it's still in the just, yeah. So never. That's mind. In the, yeah, it's in a convention yeah. center too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So never mind. Oh well, yeah, I mean I carry my bag around with me the whole time. You know, so I tons of people do. People bring book bags and you know uh, things to carry stuff in. So I, I totally get it. Like why people would bring bags in there, but now it's like if you don't need to, don't bring it. Yeah, and that that's what it is. So. I'm uh, glad that they were caught and nothing happened, and uh, we didn't hear any Pokemon horror stories, you know. So. Well, I'm sure there's still Pokemon horror stories for the people who lost in the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Very true. All right, so uh, next topic, moving on. Talk about Destiny possibly coming to PC. Uh, Bungie is looking for a PC compatibility tester, and uh, I just want to let Bungie know, don't waste your time. <laughs> well, do you want to let Bungie know not to waste their time, or anybody who owns a PC who might consider buying Destiny? No, not Bungie, to waste their time? like, don't waste your time. Like, the thing about uh, about uh, uh, Destiny is that Destiny is it's made for console, no doubt. Like, one hundred percent made for console. It is balanced for console. They would have to completely rebalance the game on PC to make it viable on PC, like. um Fusion rifles on PC will be completely useless in the Crucible. Completely useless. I mean, because with PC, you have such a fast response time. As soon as you hear somebody charging a, a fusion rifle, you just move. <laughs> you just move out of the way. But, but given the general imbalance in the Crucible anyway, do you think Bungie would care? Probably not. That, but that's the thing, like, you know... When, especially when it comes to first-person shooters, the, the PC has so many more options available than consoles. You know? You can play one of the best PC shooters for free. Team Fortress 2. You can play it the whole game, not nerfed in any way whatsoever, for free by downloading Steam. Why would I play Destiny? On PC. I mean, the only thing Destiny would have to offer really is the PvE content. And we have talked about that. <laughs> we have talked about how empty the, 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 the PvE content is. Well, the single, well, not single player, but the campaign content is. You have Vanilla Destiny, 
which takes a few, um, at uh, maybe a few hours to beat. Like, I would say, I don't know, you can get to level 20 within seven hours. For sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. You get to level 20 in about seven hours. Then you have the Dark Below, which is just three additional missions. Then you have uh, the House of Wolves, which is six additional missions. But the thing is, the House of uh, the Dark Below, there's only ha- not even half of a mission. A third of a mission takes you to a new area. So everything in the Dark Below is the same thing as Vanilla Destiny until you get to that last third. Then you have the House of Wolves, which is Destiny backwards. <laughs> the, the House of Wolves campaign missions are just other missions from Vanilla Destiny backwards. You go to two new areas. Like in, uh, yeah, in the, was it the fourth mission or the fifth mission? The fourth mission in the House of Wolves, you go to a new area for, you know, five minutes. Then the last mission, the last piece of it, which I would say is the last, like, 15% of the mission, takes place, um, you know, somewhere else, like in, in a new area, and that's it. You know, the Taken King is supposed to have a bunch of new content, but I'm still not sure about that, because when I look at the strikes for the Taken King, the strike video that they showed, most of that video was in an area I've already been. Only the last boss was in an area that's new. You know? So, like I said, the, the, the one strength that Destiny would have on a PC, it's actually not that strong. It's not that strong. It's working so well on consoles because it's bringing a lot of console players together. But PC communities have communities inside of their communities. You know, if you play, you know, World of Warcraft, you have your guild. That's a, that's a community inside of another community already. You know? Like, you, you, you have people who on PC might hop on Vent or they'll hop on uh, TeamSpeak and not even hop in a game. They're just doing some shit on their computer. You know, like it, it, I don't know. There's been so many times where I've just been doing shit on my computer, and I got a call on Skype, and I just, you know, hop on the call. My friends playing like Counter Strike, or they're playing Team Fortress, and you know, we just talk while they play, or vice versa. Like I'm talking, I'm playing and talking while you know they're doing something else. You know, so I like I just don't think the strengths that make Destiny strong on console are gonna work on PC especially for shooters. There's just too many options, too many good options. But has Destiny ever really been marketed at the shooter fan? Like, I, I, I feel like, especially on console, it's kind of like it's accepted because it's on console. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it really comes down to, like, it's not necessarily how... I guess the question is how how many how, how big of a PC market are they expecting? It doesn't sound like it's going to be that large of a PC market necessarily, but it's Activision wouldn't do this if they didn't think they're going to have a large piece of the PC market. Moving Destiny to PC is going to it's going to cost them a good amount of money. Cuz well, like if they don't do it right, like first of all it's going to do, it's going to cost, if they port the game the way it is, it's going to cost them a decent amount of money. Period. But then like they're going to have to make tweaks and stuff like that. And I mean, because if they don't, and a few people play it, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is so terrible on PC," it's gonna flop immediately. You don't. So I guess the, go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say the only question that I have then is: Are we one hundred percent sure that this is in response to Destiny? That could you know could they be working on something else? I highly doubt it. Bungie is gonna be on Destiny for a while. 
Like, I don't think Bungie is splitting their their development teams. Not when fucking Destiny is in the way it is right now. Like, Destiny is nowhere near finished, obviously. <laughs> well, what what if it's Destiny related, but not explicitly Destiny? What if it's like, like if 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 like Warcraft could have like a card game? Like maybe what if this is something like that? Like something else in the Destiny universe that isn't necessarily a shooter. Maybe. Like, what, what do you think? Like, what could they possibly do in a Destiny strategy game? That could be. wasn't Wasn't that what Halo was originally? No. Or what? what? Or, 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 <laughs> What was it? Or Marathon? What was Marathon? Was that also a shooter? That was also a shooter, yes. That's, why do I think they did something? Halo did was like do a, a strategy game eventually, Halo Wars. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, you might have a point. I, I have nothing to tell you that you're wrong, except to say that you're wrong and they want to bring Destiny to the PC. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that I'm wrong other than that I'm wrong. Yes. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> No, I, I, I believe that they want to bring Destiny to PC. They want to expand their market. Um, because, you know, Destiny did as well as it did. Well, supposedly. That's the thing. We don't really know how, how well Destiny did. Because they're not giving us numbers. Me and Jorge had that conversation. They, they're not giving us numbers on Destiny. That typically means it didn't do as good as they wanted it to, to, to well, go. Well, no, they, they, they give you the numbers, but they, they couch them in with the other numbers. Well, no, so... no if the numbers were good enough... They would say we sold this many copies of Destiny. Well, no, Not- they say they have they have what fifty million players between that and Hearthstone, and we know Hearthstone has just over thirty million players. Yep. So, you know, it's twenty million, give or take. Right. Well, they have fifty. They have fifty. Uh, twenty. Well, we don't even know if those twenty million players are active. We know twenty million uh, people. Twenty million people have characters. Maybe. Maybe. That's the thing. I mean, twenty million is a good. Is that's that's a nice solid number, <laughs> I, I would say. But you typically they because basically they. Uh, I wish I, I pulled it up, but they had they did say how many they sold to retailers. Uh, they sold more than five million dollars of Destiny to retail stores. Five hundred million. Uh, uh, they've made five hundred million from retail stores. So if you take that. And then uh, you, know, you divide five hundred million. How many zeros is that, Nick? That's that's uh, <laughs> that's eight zeros, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, too many zeros on my screen, but I think I said <laughs> divide that by sixty. So you're looking at about what eight million copies, or eight point three million copies that they've sold of Destiny, and that's to um on that though. That's just reset retailers. That doesn't count the digital sales. I don't see anything here for digital sales. But, uh... Did you say 8 million had 8 zeros? No, I said 500 million. Oh, 500. Yeah, so 500 million had 8 zeros, yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, we're going to have, like, 8.3 million sold to retail stores. But we don't know how many have actually been sold to consumers. You know? So... Well, if they've got 50 million registered players that have, or no, I'm sorry, 30, uh, 20 million registered players, roughly. I mean, that ultimately, I, I'm like, I can't imagine that they're counting like individual players on the same account. Like, I have a, I have my Titan, and I also have a Warlock. Like, I can't imagine they're counting each character. But then you also have to take a look at the secondhand market. How many people bought Destiny 
played it for a little bit and then traded it in. That's true. That's what I, you know, that's what I think is happening. So, oh, that's why I, I just don't think Activision sold as much as they thought they they would, and now they want to expand it further. I think if they didn't sell as much as they thought they would, I think they were vastly overestimating what they could sell. But... Well, probably yeah, but now like you know, before PC definitely wasn't a focus point. And I think now they just want to expand into other markets. But I'm just saying, don't waste your time, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Got too many options over here. That's just something in the PC Master Race video. Well, maybe that's maybe that's where they want to go. There is because that is where the Master Race is, and they want to get in on that game. No, no, no. You gotta, you like, you have to. Not only do you have to bring Destiny over and tweak the mechanics, but you also have to make it look better. You know, and Bungie already has a problem with shit just not working. Like, how long did it take for them to get the Crota fight fixed? You know, it took them months to get the Crota fight fixed. They still haven't addressed latency in the game. We, me and um, Waldy and Jorge, actually, no, Jorge was running some people to Prison of Elder. So, me, Waldy, and a few other people were playing last night, and as the night went on, it just got worse and worse and worse with the lag. Like, it was terrible. Like, by, around, by the time 1 o'clock hit, we were like, we gotta get out of here. Because the lag was unbearable. And that's been going on since, like, January. When I, that's when I first started noticing it. Like, the, around the Iron Banner in January. And they never fixed it. They aren't doing anything about people who lag switch. And then if you go into the Bungie forums and try to talk about people who are cheating, that's a violation of, of the, the uh, forum policy. Wait, what? Yeah, you cannot name a cheater in the bungee forums. Huh? It's it's a hey. violation because they call it shaming. Well, it's cheat shaming. Yeah, it's like because you can say anybody's well, cheating. Okay, so that's but that, I, I, they this they that's an example of them underestimating a community because there's plenty of communities where people come into a forum like when I used to play Counter Strike. And people come for him, like, oh, this guy cheats, that guy cheats, and everybody's like, dude, you just suck, you know? But then again, if you have, like, you know, a bunch of people saying that one individual cheats, well, then you might want to listen to that. But Bungie doesn't even allow that. It's against their policy. So, yeah, I just don't think it, I don't think, I mean, it'd be worth it from the bring on the PC. Bring it to PC because it, it, I just don't think it's gonna do. I mean, maybe, well, maybe they just don't expect it to do that well. Maybe they, they're gonna bring over a crappy port and then uh, sell as many as they can. Who knows? But I just, just with, with the way that the PC community is, like, why would you play Destiny when you have all these other amazing first-person shooters to play and a lot of them for free? You know? Would it move you to PC, or would you just stay on PS4? You just say, I don't think you can. Tr- you can't transfer characters. Oh, uh, gotcha. You can't transfer characters between systems, especially because there's some stuff that's exclusive on PS3 and not on Xbox. And I imagine it's gonna be the same for PC. So if you have like a Hawkmoon on your PS4 character, sorry, not PS3, but PS4 character, you can't move that to the Xbox because the Xbox doesn't have an Hawkmoon. You want to talk about a platform that got shitted on for Destiny? Definitely Xbox. Like, they didn't get any exclusive shit at all. And meanwhile, like, you know, PS4 has, you know, exclusive weapons. You have, 
uh, exclusive maps for multiplayer, exclusive strikes. Sorry, Microsoft, but I think that's all going to change soon. Even though Activision, <laughs> I think it's Activision's not on your side anymore. Activision has switched sides. When I saw that the DLC for uh, Modern Warfare, when I'm over for um, Black Ops Three, was coming to uh, PS4 first, I'm like that bitch. <laughs> like, uh, what a whore! <laughs> like, yeah, talking about Activision. Because I mean, that, they, like they were, you know, Xbox was bay for them. That and Xbox had an excellent relationship as long as Xbox was on top. But now Xbox's, you know, singing career went, went on the decline. You know, Xbox said something that the people didn't like or did some people didn't like and lost favor. And now Activision's like, oh, no, well, you know, what we had was great, but I'm, now I'm talking to, you know, PlayStation 4, you should just be happy for me. Just be happy for me. So. Yeah, I was I was surprised, but I actually, I, Microsoft is going to make a comeback. I've already predicted it; therefore, it will happen. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let's move on to our next topic, which is uh, FTC violations from YouTubers. So this is actually a very specific uh, instance here, but um, a game called Dead Realm, which I've never heard of before, to be honest with you, but it's apparently sold well. It sold seventy thousand units at fifteen bucks. And this game was developed together, like by uh, looks like three black dots, uh, which I don't know if that's the publisher or if it's the actual studio that built it or both. I think that's the studio. Yeah. So three black dots, uh, they built it in conjunction with YouTubers, like with like streamers or or let people who do let's play like uh, Syndicate and C Nanners and you know guys like that. Uh, those guys didn't get paid to help them, or they weren't like um, uh, consultants or anything like that. I think they actually own, you know, they actually you know, own part of the game. Like they actually help build the game, so they do have a uh, 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 a financial interest in the game and it doing well. Uh, not long ago, the FTC read, uh, they laid down some ground rules for you know people who promote games or basically do let's play, saying like you have to, you know if you're getting money from the company to do this, you have to disclose that you're getting money to do it. Like you can't just say, oh, this game is great, I had so much fun, uh, blah 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 blah, get paid on the side and not say anything. Like the FTC says, you are supposed to disclose that information, and also the uh, I forget what the uh, European version of the FTC is. But they, uh, oh, the UT, the UK Committee of Advertising Practices pretty much said the same thing. And, uh, these, you know, what these guys are doing is definitely, definitely violating, uh, FTC, uh, rules. And it could lead to a, uh, lawsuit. I think they should be more concerned about, you know, you know, making a little money now and it killing their business later. Because let's say, let's say they do, like, it kills their whole business, like, the, the whole industry of Let's Plays. Because let's say the FTC does catch wind of this and they take legal action. Well, now the credibility of all people who do Let's Plays is in danger at this point. You know? I, I don't think so, because I think it's what, of the three, was it, of the three developer, or the three YouTube personalities involved, one of them did say that they were involved with it, although I think I think they still didn't say it as, as clearly as they should have, but at least they mentioned it. Um, so it's not, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is going to have any real repercussions outside of these three guys. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I don't think unless, unless, because even then, how, how often is it that a YouTube personality will get involved in game development? I think this is very much a special case. Not that this can't happen again, but it's not just but I think it's, game development. It's like if you're getting paid at all, because oh yeah, these YouTubers get paid to do these let's plays. I mean, not always, but some, and yeah, they're supposed, yeah, and they're supposed to disclose. And if they're not disclosing, yeah, the FTC should go after them. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. The people who are, I mean, it doesn't matter for the people who are just playing for the sake of playing and doing Let's Plays. I'm talking about the people who are making a living out of this. Like, well, it's not even making a living out of the Let's Plays. It's specifically making out a li- living doing promoted Let's Plays, you know, being paid to talk well about a game. Well, that was implied, or, Nick. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, but I, but there, there's, a, well, no, I, I well... I don't know because I don't make a living off Let's Plays, but I mean, I would assume it's possible that you can make a living doing honest Let's Plays, that you can, you know, be playing without taking any money from the actual companies and you're just living off advertising revenue or however else you monetize your subscribers. But yeah, if if a company's paying you to play their game, like, you better disclose that because that's, yeah, I mean, that's been an issue, you know, since well before gaming was a thing. I think you need to have, like, PewDiePie numbers to be able to. Uh, make a living off of le- just left less plays and YouTube advertisements, you know, or maybe advertisements from other companies. But even PewDiePie is getting paid from the game from game companies. That's why he makes millions of dollars. That hurts my soul to say that <laughs> that he makes that much money because I I just don't understand. I don't understand why people like him. But we're not talking about that. We're talking, yeah. We're not talking about did, that. Did you watch the South Park with him? No, I didn't. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're you're basically a grandpa. I'm a grandpa. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. I don't even think who I knew he was until I watched that episode. I was like, who the hell is this guy? No, I, I <laughs> my first time watching one of his Let's Plays was by accident. I was trying to watch. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to watch. Uh, a let's play for was it Five Nights at Freddy's the first one I think so yeah and like it was his was one of the first ones that popped up and so I just clicked it and then I stopped watching it about two minutes into it because of the sounds he was making and I was like oh my god this is so annoying like who watches this like this guy's a loser nobody watches this then like two weeks later I hear he's like the greatest like he's making four million dollars I'm like are you fucking kidding me Good for him. It, if he figured out if he figured out a way to to game the system such that he's making that much money doing, you know, stupid fart noises on YouTube, more power to him. I can't I can't fault him. Dude, they had to put me on suicide watch. That's it's because you're a hater. He's what was what was your name? What was his name? Donald Herman or whatever the guy uh, that you were talking <laughs> Donald about. Donald Harper. Donald Harper. <laughs> Donald Harper's an asshole. <laughs> he didn't work for anything in his life. No, like yeah, no the the PewDiePie thing. I they had to put me on suicide watch when I heard that because I was I was <laughs> I was like I can't. What am I doing with my life? Like obviously I'm 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 doing my life wrong here. So, but yeah, yep. but um, no. You know, these... you know, in order to stop being a hater, you need to learn to love yourself. <laughs> yeah, so um, I do love myself, Nick. You can ask Ray about that. <laughs> he does. It has nothing to do with, with all the handies that he bought. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. oh, she tells a joke. How, how cute. 
Oh, <laughs> you liked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, yeah. So uh, uh, I think Gama Sutra has been really heavy on this. They've been trying to investigate and getting some get some uh, answers back. You know, uh, they reached out to three black dots and you know asked well, them. You know, well, I'm sure at this point their lawyers are telling them to shut the fuck up and start. You know, start being good in your videos. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the FTC isn't going to be like, oh, you didn't mean to do that. It's okay. Like, no, it's like any, or at this point, anything you say is just going to incriminate you more. Just let the, you know, let the suits take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, probably. You're probably right about that, Nick. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure Gamma Sutra will continue to keep us updated if something actually does happen. Or you'll hear it all. You'll hear it on, like, Polygon and shit, you know. <laughs> Because they're always then, they're always second to the news. Yeah, or you'll hear about it here when we talk about them going to jail in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you'll hear me complain about PewDiePie more. I'm pretty sure it'll come up again. So, uh, moving on to our next topic, though, backward compatibility uh, for the Xbox One for the original Xbox One. So we know that the Xbox One is going to have backward compatibility. For the Xbox 360, and a lot, a lot of 100 games as of e, as of E3, and it's growing. Uh, one of the games that was announced, actually, if you're in the uh, the beta right now for backward compatibility, you could be playing. Uh, wow, I, I just had the name of the game in my mind, and I totally forgot what the name of the game was. Um, oh my god, it was a, it was an epic epic side scroller. Epic game side scroll. What the fuck was the name of the game? Shadow Complex. Oh my god. Oh. I need to start eating some vegetables or something to help with memories. I don't know. Like something's wrong. Cause, Nick. Like, <laughs> it's because you're a grandpa. You know what? I have no retort for you right now. I have no retort. Nick, aren't you older? <laughs> yeah, but even I, I'm I'm on the pootie pie. That's how you know I'm older. I can't even say his name right. That's what grandpa would call him. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a grandpa too then. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But um yeah, I uh Shadow Complex. And it, I feel shame now because it was actually one of my favorite games on the Xbox Live Arcade. I was just drawing a blank for a second there, but Shadow Complex, you can play that now if you are in the beta for um for the backward compatibility. Um uh, however, Phil Spencer has not ruled out backward compatibility for Xbox, period. Uh, he received a tweet from somebody that says, hey, silly, very silly question, but if X1 essentially has 360 emulator, how much work would go into making original Xbox games backward compatible? And his reply is, I don't think it's silly. I asked the team, I asked the BC team this question a lot. We need to finish 360 BC for now. Uh, so they, it's not ruled out. After they get you know backward compatibility down for the 360, they may work on an original Xbox backward compatibility, um, which would be pretty cool. But then again, I really don't know what games people will want from the original Xbox. I mean, like Jade Empire, you know, I mean, it would have to be downloadable. So, like, I mean, who like who has their copy of Jade Empire sitting around? I mean, I would love to play Crimson Skies. Again. Does Bioware ever even talk about Jade Empire anymore? Yeah, is it even on their website? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, no, I, 
I think this is one of those sort of non-answers where he's like, I'm not going to say we're never going to do it because you never say never in a situation like this. Like you leave the door open, but at the same time, when they say they need to finish the 360 backwards compatibility, I mean, they've got a hundred games now they're working on however many more they could be working on backwards compatibility just on three, 360 games until they're ready to move on to the next console. So it's, you know, it's entirely possible. Like, yeah, that's on the list, but it's way down at the bottom of the list and we're never going to get there. I mean, technically, I'm working on buying a horse, but I'm never actually going to buy that horse because I got so many other things I need to buy. You, you really want to buy a horse? Not really, but I couldn't think of anything better at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it could happen. Nick doesn't think so. But I, the reason I don't, like, I just don't think, I, there's not many games that people would, I, I think people would really want to play. You don't need Halo because you got the Master Chief Collection. Exactly. You know, I would love for them to make an HD remix of Crimson Skies. I really, really miss that game. I miss the multiplayer for that game. Well, see, but I think that's the thing too is that for there's such a big jump from the the original Xbox to the Xbox One that for any game that you know for the handful of games that would be worth remaking, if anything, if it's worth if what's worth doing the backwards compatibility, it's probably worth doing an HD remake, and you can sell the HD remake for a lot more money than you would the backwards compatibility. That's true. That's true. All right, we'll send that one over to Phil, Nick. Let him know. <laughs> no, Phil's cool. I like Phil. Yeah, well, as I said, I, I don't, wanna, I don't, I don't need, I don't want to tell him to be more money grubbing. Oh nah. Well, no, nah, I just want Crimson Skies. I just want it to happen. I then, really don't care you... what form it happens in. If they tell me I can play Crimson Skies on my Xbox One, I'm gonna buy it. Like you know, you, how you send it to, to Phil? What's that? You send it to Phil. Fine, I will. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's move on yeah. then. I'll do that after the show. Yeah. We're moving on. All right. All right. So EverQuest 2, they are making a prison server, I guess, for players that break the rules. Um, anything that can get you suspended or banned instead of actually banning or suspending you. And I guess maybe it, this ha- it would have to be a last resort for suspension because you can have your account suspended and then come back. But... Uh, you know, if you're just that shitty of a player, they're going to ban you to a single server with other shitty players. And, uh, yeah, man, I have no, uh, nothing bad to say about that. That's a great idea. Yes. There's somebody else. There's, I forget the other, there's another game company that instead of, instead of banning hackers and people who exploit the game, they just made those people play with them themselves only. Like they can only play with other people who are definitely hackers. Now, another wasn't it, was, wasn't it a shooter? It was a shooter. Yeah, I just can't remember which one it is. It wasn't one of the Counter Strikes, was it? No, no, no. Or, no. I feel like if anything, when we talked about this, we might have referenced Counter Strike as one of those games where, especially back in the day when everybody hosted their own servers, you could kind of set the rules like anything goes on this server as far as playing with cheats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like that, but applied to an MMO, which is impressive. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, and the thing is, the funny thing is, um, once your account's over there, it's, oh, it's that's where it's going to stay. It's over yeah. in this one prison server, and you have to continue to pay your subscription to keep the character active. Well, I mean, that's how it is on the regular servers, but yeah, basically, no, this is brilliant. This is brilliant, because they're punishing the cheaters 
But at the same time, one of the big one of the big complaints is that you always hear like with WoW on the forums, especially because the thing with the way Blizzard operates is they take a long time with no action, where they're just collecting data about who's cheating and who's not. And during that time, everybody complains like, oh, you know, everybody's still cheating. Oh, you know, Blizzard just wants the money, and then they ban everybody at once. And then everybody's like, oh, I see Blizzard Blizzard X, and then you know, they people find other ways to cheat, and the cycle repeats itself. And the the whole argument during that whole lead up is that. You know that, that Blizzard doesn't care about the cheating because as long as you're paying your subscription, you can do whatever you want. Blizzard just cares about the fifteen dollars a month. So it's great to see Acti- or, uh, 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 or Daybreak Games basically being like, "Hey, go ahead and cheat, and we'll take your fifteen dollars anyway, and we're going to put you somewhere where you're not going to bother everybody else." And so that there's no there's no conflict of interest as far as them wanting the money because they still get their money. So it's. It's one of those things, I mean, um, you know, Daybreak, they've been very forward-thinking with their MMOs. I know EverQuest, they've rolled out the, uh, I can't remember the specific name for it, but the Artifact Server, I think it's called Artifact Servers, um, where what they're doing is they're basically relaunching the game, and then as time progresses, they will progress the game along as well. So they started the game with the system as it was at launch. So you could re-roll a character as it was at launch. And then every time a new, you know, a new patch would have been released, a new expansion would have been released, they update that client after the same amount of time. So in a way, it's almost like get, you know, getting the chance to go back in time. And again, that's one of those things. All the WoW players complain about, oh, we want vanilla servers. We want, you know, Burning Crusade servers. And so it's great to see, like, you know, that, you know, Daybreak is kind of taking care of those players. Um, it's it's one of those arguments, again, it kind of, kind of like Destiny with the PC. How big, you know, it seems like there's a large market for that because you always see people clamoring for it in the forums. But how many people will actually pay for that, who knows necessarily. But in this case, they know exactly how many people are cheating. And if you're cheating and still paying to play the game, like, you're perfectly... You know, you know, Daybreak knows they have you because you're paying for the game, even though you're cheating. So the fact that they're like, go ahead and keep cheating. We're just going to put you over here in, you know, a, a slime and cesspool infested server. By all means, keep doing it. And I can't outside of the people who will be like, I don't know. You know, I don't know why I was, you know, banned for cheating. I want to play with my friends. Like outside of those people who are completely full of shit, like everybody will be fine with this. I think this is great. Okay. Nick approves. <laughs> Why not put all the assholes in the corner? I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I mean, you always have to worry about false positives. I think that's a problem with with first person shooters. At least, maybe not not nearly as much as it is now uh, now than it used to be. I know back in the day with UT and Counter Strike, you might have a specific program running, like an antivirus or something like that. And the anti-cheat from the servers might detect that as, like, you know, uh, a false positive, and it'll flag you. But maybe now it's not that big of a deal uh, for shooters. But definitely, I mean, for for when you get banned, like, when they got to perma-ban you in an MMO, you know, decide to lose the money that you're spending, they, I'm pretty sure they vet that pretty well. Yeah, so yeah. I have no problems with it either. I mean, they could no. maybe have... Parole, you know, they have a little, <laughs> you know, just like you just come up to time. It's like after X amount of time, you know, you get a little review, see how it goes, and you know, maybe you can be free, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, at that point, they, I think, like, if somebody finds that they're banned, they probably just are just gonna make a new account. Yeah, I mean, that's, and continue that... to pay for the other one. No, I just drop the other one. No point. I mean, they lose all their. Uh... 
you know, they lose all their progress, but they probably don't care all that much. You know? I'm sure. Well, I mean, not not that everybody who cheats only knows other cheaters, but I'm sure that plenty of people will wind up over there together in a group, and they'll just be like, "Oh well, we'll just keep going like this." <laughs> so, huh. all right. Well, let's move on to our next topic: the Nintendo NX. Uh, there was a patent filed in February, but I guess the uh, the images from the patent were just released recently, and it shows a console, and actually. Another thing is that we don't know if this is the actual NX. <laughs> I, should, I should clarify that, so sorry. But this is, you know, we do know that Nintendo is working on a new console called the NX. And this is the first patent we've seen from Nintendo for new hardware. Uh, but the new hardware patent does not show an optical disk drive. It shows a memory card. Uh, kind of the way that you, you know, you have on your DS or 3DS. That's, that's what it shows. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation now that the NX won't have an optical drive. So that means one of two things. Either the game that you're going to play is going to be on the memory card, or it's going to be, you know, digital downloads only. I highly doubt it's going to be digital downloads only, because that's just a terrible idea right now. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll say, look at, you know, take a, take a uh, look at what happened with Microsoft when they try to, you know, rely heavily on the internet, then again, if the, if the new Nintendo console, if it actually doesn't have a disk drive, requires some digital downloads, but doesn't force you to check in or have some type of DRM, then that might be okay. But we're talking about Nintendo here. Nintendo is going to DRM the shit out of this thing. They are. And with all this information, it actually leads me to believe that this is not the NX. Or that the NX is not Nintendo's next big console. If this is the case, I think the NX may just be a piece of hardware for the casual market. Like, if it's something that you hook up to your television and it only takes a memory card and it has some, like, light-style games on it, maybe that's what they're going for. You can use a Wiimote with it. I don't know. Like, I just can't see... There's no way... That they're gonna have a next gen console without um, a, di- a disk drive, and the reason I think that is because, like, if you look at Blu-ray, which would be the de facto disc to go with, Blu-ray holds, I believe, about close to 50 gigs of data. Okay, the only other medium that you can get that would hold that much is, let's say, like a USB drive. Uh, but you can get a USB drive that holds 50, 60 gigs of data, but then on top of that, it would need to be at least USB 3.0. Uh, that alone is going to bring up the cost of the media, not just for the consumer, but for Nintendo. So if Nintendo decides to keep the games at 50 bucks or 60 bucks, and they're using a USB key with 50, 60 gigs of data, or even like maybe like a um, an SSD drive with 50, 60 gigs of data on it, it's gonna it's gonna significantly bring up the cost of the disc as well. Blu-ray, you could probably Nintendo could probably get or manufacturer could probably get Blu-ray discs for ten cents a pop. At this Is point. Nintendo using Blu-ray for the Wii U? No, I don't think so. So there would be no reason for them. They don't need that much space. Yeah, so I don't know why they would necessarily need that much space. I mean, yeah, the next you know the next console presumably textures would be higher and whatnot. But what do they, they do? They need Blu-ray size discs. 
on the, you know whatever their next console would be. Well, if their next console matches the power of the PS4 and the Xbox One, yes. But what if it doesn't? Or well, then they'd just be stupid. Like at that point, like, it's one thing to have one console that's behind, but like you know, have, like having two consoles that are the same power as the previous generation. Like, there's no reason. There's, they need people to have a reason to move to the next console. To get more Mario games. To get, you know, where you, where, where are you going to go for Zelda? No, 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 no. You got to get, at some point, you got to give in to power. Like, you need more power. Like, people need a reason. You know, like, nobody's going to buy the Nintendo 64 and then buy the Nintendo 64 too. Like, nobody's going nobody's gonna to buy that. If it's not backwards compatible, it might have to. The Nintendo 64 too. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, if that's not backwards compatible, they'll have to buy the first one. Then they have to have both anyways. We well, don't have to. I, well, you're talking about actually that's a conversation we're gonna get in later about how many people <laughs> would actually do that. But um, no, I mean as I'm saying, like, I don't think this is the next big Nintendo console. I, I can't. I mean, they, they more information might come out about it, or it just may be some something that I'm missing, something I'm not seeing. But I can't see Nintendo not having. First of all, not their next console. Has to be powerful. Has to be at least as powerful as the Xbox One and the PS4. And at this point, it'd be significantly cheaper for them to make it that but, that powerful. You know, how much better do you need your Mario's and Bowser's to look? Much better, Nick. I need I need <laughs> them looking as be, as good as. Uh, have, did you see the video where somebody used UE4 to make a Legend of Zelda like demo? No. Oh my god. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying it wouldn't be, but is that necessary? I mean, necessary? It's, no, it's not necessary. I'm playing games on my phone, Nick. <laughs> it's not right. Necessary. So, uh, so none right, of this so is why necessary. Are... Destiny's not necessary. Crisis isn't necessary. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you know like re- reskin. Was the reskin textures on World of Warcraft necessary? It kind of. It was actually starting to look a little, look a little old. Oh, so that. Okay, so that's <laughs> necessary. But well, we can just yes. leave Mario. Looking like trash. Well, 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 let me put it this way. If they were still rolling out, you know, N64 level graphics now, yeah, that'd be necessary. But, you know, what I've seen of the Wii U, it looks pretty good. I mean, Mario is a fictional character. He he doesn't need photorealistic graphics. You know, you've got enough polygons to do Mario justice. You don't need to keep iterating. These are all fictitious characters. Yeah, but some of them are based in, like, real world. There's nothing about Mario that's based in the real world. I don't see anybody fighting space wizards right now. No, but ostensibly they're still based off people. It's, that's, that is actually based on the real world, though. It's got the moon. <laughs> that's wizard came from the moon. <laughs> now, we could put a moon in Mario. There are moons in Mario. I mean, hell, Mario went to space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Mario fought space wizards. <laughs> there, there you go. Mario needs to be photorealistic now. Because he went to space no. and he was on a moon. I think we just made the argument that the Guardians should be in uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> You're just talking about, like, with them being in fucking uh, Heroes of the Storm last week. and like, Yeah. I, we do not want... You know. <laughs> Nobody wants the Guardians, apparently. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is... I, I think Nintendo may release some hardware that maybe it's, it's a bit casual, I think. They may release... <laughs> I think it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit casual, you know? Like, more casual than, than it is right now. Could this be... This won't be the first time they did it, because remember, the DSL... Oh, sorry, the DSL. The DSXL 
was yeah. built for elderly people. It was not like it only like it now they're selling it. Like now they're putting extra designs and stuff on it. But when it was originally created, it was created for, for old people. That it was. Like it was created for old people. That's why the screen size, like the like it what like the um basically the games just stretched. There like the resolution wasn't fixed or wasn't made better when on, on the larger screens. Because what it was just made for old people to play like brain age on it. And then when regular people started buying it, I mean, I bought it. I should. I bought two because my hands are big. And the regular DS was, um, or sorry, the, the regular 3DS was just too small. So, yeah, like, Nintendo has made, like, hardware, like, specific hardware for groups of people before. Um, and not for the core audience. This could totally be something like that. Are, are we sure that this isn't a handheld? Is there anything in the patent? I'm trying to look through it now, but there's a lot there. Anything in the patent that would preclude it from being a, another handheld console? Um, no, I mean, everything's actually still pretty vague. Like, this image output unit, card slot, current communication unit. Like, you know, that could be anything. Because, I mean, that's the one thing is, like, the, the memory card slot. That screams, like, if not, another, if another not like, the actual, like, the SD size card cartridges that they use now. Like, you know, even going back to the original NES. I mean, that didn't have an optical drive. <laughs> well, yeah. this does say power supply unit and external hard drive, although, I don't know. What if What if they're bringing back not just, like, a cartridge, but, like, not like not like the little tiny cards like we think of now, but, like, what if it's an actual cartridge, like, you know, like, that size from the old NES? Well, people say, I mean, I mean, could, could you Could you fit enough, could you fit your, your 60 gigs of data on something that size and have it interface through pins and make it work? Oh, on man. a cartridge? Like an, uh, like an actual Nintendo cartridge? Yes, no, yes. No, not an actual <laughs> Nintendo cartridge. They'd have to make like something that looks like a Nintendo cartridge, but on the inside, you'd have to have the same thing that you'd have in a USB like uh, slot. Okay. And it's just, it costs way too much. It's just the, the discs, like the Blu-ray discs, are just they're the illogical option because they're so much cheaper. The only thing cheaper than a Blu-ray discs is not having discs at all. But don't but for Blu-ray, don't they still have to pay Sony like licensing fees for using that technology? I'm pretty sure they do. But it's still, I like, it's still, I mean, they still like first of all with the or the cartridge or hardware, they would have to buy a shit ton of them. Then on top of that, it's more likely to break, you know, getting jostled around, uh, you know, and also like you know more worrying about like having it uh, climate controlled and such. But you could blow in them. <laughs> to make them work because they stopped working. You don't have to do that on discs. At the most, if you leave like a disc out, you just spray some fucking Windex on it and then wipe it off. Yeah, that's so, it. So, Nick likes to blow things and Jarrett likes handies. Who doesn't like handies? <laughs> this is what I'm learning from being here tonight. Everybody likes handies. <laughs> and they, they tell you they didn't, that's a lie. But, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to our next topic. Fen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was an article. Um, actually, it wasn't. It was a, somebody on a, It was on the Ask a Game Dev Tumblr. Uh, the question was, do you ever feel like the industry is too secretive, and uh, you know, too secretive about what goes on during game development? And I, I like this guy's answer. He's like, you know, no, they're not too secretive because, you know, inside the industry and inside of a dev house, they know what's happening, you know? 
know, to the consumer, you can't say things too early because if you do say something too early, people will take that as a promise. Like, oh, they said they were going to do this. They said they were going to do that, you know, and they didn't do it. So I totally get it. Like, they really, like, the average person doesn't know enough about game development to know, you know, the nitty-gritty details. They don't want to show stuff too early because, I mean, like, I've never developed a game before, but I know developing other stuff, when you're first prototyping and you're first building it out, it looks ugly, it doesn't work that great, but you sometimes you need a proof of concept that you can get there, and then, you know, then you make it look pretty. Then you make it, uh, you know, uh, more appealing. So I get that. But I think this question has come from, you know, uh, recent happenings, and I'm going to go back to Destiny here, because a lot of people uh, were pissed about the way the Taken King was handled. Uh, or even maybe some secret stuff that, you know, from other... Like, you know, because actually a lot of people are getting um, involved in early access games now. Like, they're, they're paying for them on Steam. And, you know, sometimes... And, oh, and then besides that, <laughs> let's not even forget about Kickstarter. Well, I, th- I think in general, this just stems from social media and its increasing role in marketing, is that you have developers across all games, tr- you know, more accessible, trying to interface with fans more to promote their game, and you run into a lot of issues because it's not a controlled, it's not a controlled dis- dialogue, and so you've got developers who either say too much, don't say enough, or just in general, even you know, just the, the way development generally goes, because it's a lot more open, or, or seemingly open, I should say, seemingly accessible. When things don't go right, it's easier for players to get more up in arms about that. Just in general, compare you know compare the environment we live in. I don't even think we could do the mash cast, and I'm not even talking about like on our side as far as being able to actually record and and you know host the file to people. Um, but I don't even think we could do the mash cast back in like the '90s if all we had to go off of was whatever was each month in EGM. Like it's just the entire media landscape is so different, and how developers interact with that. That's where this question comes from, is because it's not managed properly. And I don't know that it can be managed properly. I think even if it is managed properly, there's still a sense of of, of disappointment on the player's end because un- until like a player has that game in their hands, they're in this state of excitement and just anticipation that no matter how much developer tells them about the game, it doesn't satiate them because they want to play the game and you can't do that until it's ready. That's true. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I mean, I... I, I I definitely agree with him. Like we have seen some examples where some developers have said some things way yes. too early. But I think there's uh, something to be said between saying too much and then not saying enough. Yes. Uh, you know, and that's what happened with Destiny. Like with Destiny, like with the Taken King, they didn't say enough. Like all they said was that, "Hey, Taken King's coming out in September. It's forty dollars. Here's a here's a trailer." And it showed reskinned models that you know of, of enemies we've already seen, and it showed Oryx. Thanks, forty bucks. See you in September. Like that's what they said to us. And I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, it's pretty clear to me that they had some type of agreement with uh, uh, Game Informer that Game Informer wouldn't break all this. It would break all this news. But if that's the case, like they really should have held back on some information. Like I don't know the price. Like you can't say the game's gonna be forty bucks and then not give just my justification. Like Wall, um, John on and over, he made a great example. He was talking about Apple at an Apple conference. They talk about 
a product. They talk about all the things the product's going to do for you. They talk about why this product is awesome and why you need it in your life. By the time they're done talking, you need this product. And then, and only then, do they tell the price. You know? Do they even announce the price at the Apple shows, or do they just let you go find it on uh, on the Apple store no, afterwards? They, they, they tell the price. They definitely tell you the price. But but again, I I think fundamentally, if if what you're saying is true, that they had to hold their information back uh, because of the uh, Game Informer article, at that point, really, all they have to announce is the price. And so it kind of... It, it, it's a failure somewhere within the department. One, not to realize that that's a problem, because... If you've got this Game Informer article that you're waiting on, you should, never should have made that deal with Game Informer if you know you're going to be at Gamescom trying to, you know, pimp out the game. That, you know, you got to keep your schedule in order, and you, sh- especially to, to put that much information... At, like, at the start of the whole process, Game Informer isn't a piece there. Just hold all your information, you know, make sure whatever... You don't give too much to Game Informer that you still have stuff to talk about. Because especially, especially for a game like Destiny, which has had issues with expectations... You know, since really start. since the beta, since the, since the beta, because everybody saw the beta and it was great, and then they didn't realize the beta was the what like twenty five percent or more of the 25% game. Twenty five percent of the game, yeah. Like you know, so I think people had grander expectations coming out of that beta than what they actually got, and to be stuck in a position where you can only say like, here, buy this reskinned content for forty dollars. I mean, fundamentally, fundamentally. I don't know that it actually does hurt them in the long run because by the time the game is available for everybody to buy, I mean, you're not getting any pre-orders during that initial period after you've done that re- announcement prior to the Game Informer article. But once the, by the, you know, by the time the game is ready to, to, to be launched and everybody's got to buy it for launch day, all the information will be there, presumably. So, you know, whatever order you release the information in the build-up to that kind of doesn't matter but at the same time you, you you could make a chart of like fans excitement over the game and watch it dip until you know and then go back up you know as more information is released and whatnot so it's it seems it seems like it's a crappy job of management by their PR team um, and that even goes back to was the uh, the in orbit wow talk crossover we did where we talked about you know between, you know Bungie you know not really managing their community properly and then and Warcraft not managing their community properly and yeah, this this affects all games, all games. It's it's and I think part of the problem too is that it's another one of those things where you look at sort of the modern age, and this wasn't a problem that developers in the past had, where it's now another hat that you have to wear if you're a public-facing developer. If you're a name, a known name developing for whatever game you're developing for, people can hit you up on Twitter, and you have you can't. At that point, once somebody's hit you up on Twitter asking you a question about development of the game, you can't, there's, you're, it, you know, you're playing this game now of how much information do you release? Because even if you're like, well, I don't talk about that on Twitter, you're, at that point, you're, you're being too secretive. You're holding back information. You need to not have a Twitter account if you don't want to talk about it on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, if you're a developer and an employee and you're not like an indie dev, you're an employee of Bungie. You might just want to be like reference all all Bungie or Destiny related questions to the to the actual Destiny account. I don't answer questions about Destiny on this account. And I really don't think they have a, a problem with that. But you know what you were talking about with you know having all the information there at launch or when it's ready for people to buy the game. Well, now you have another problem. You've had people stew over this for like let's say it was a month or a little bit over a month, actually almost two months. People stewing over the fact that. You know, Bungie won. Bungie was ho- was actually they had fully planned to hose the year one players. The year one players weren't going to get anything. 
Uh, you know, or at least it was, whatever they were going to get was going to be petty. Uh, you you got the experience of playing during year one. I got the experience can, of that, beta testing the game for them. That, that can never be given to anybody else. No. No, I don't want to. <laughs> they, they, they can't give me. You had the privilege of playing. Like, no. Like, that's not how it works here. But, um, you know, you had people stewing and angry over the fact that they felt shafted by Bungie, and Bungie took so long to give answers, and now you have people like like me that are in a situation like, am I going to buy it? Am I not going to buy it? Fuck. Like, you know, I don't like the way I was treated here. <laughs> and, 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 you know, like, especially because there's a lot of people who, who really aren't addicted to the game. They just want to play because of their friends. Their friends play it, you know? So really, all, all you need is just one person in your group to be like, yeah, Taken King looks awesome. I love these reskinned enemies. And then everybody in that group is stuck buying it because of that guy. No, that's the thing. No, that doesn't, that doesn't work like that either, Nick. I'm trying to turn this on his head. You always do this. I don't know if Nick, and why, you know, yeah. I should. I was gonna say I don't know if Nick does this on Wild Talk, but you don't do that. You don't do it nearly as much. Well, I don't. That's because I, I, I'm. I don't have anybody as much to play off of because I'm usually the guy putting out the argument that would have to get, then get turned on its head. Wow. Oh, yeah. So really, Ray, it's up to you. You, you and Jeremy and Eric got to turn my arguments on their head. On their head, but everything you say is right. And that's why you're there, on the show. There's <laughs> only there's only Nick. <laughs> See, she needs to be on this show more often. Nick, you're out. She's in. <laughs> she can disagree with everything I say, and uh, that'll be that. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, move on to our last topic here uh, regarding the myth of the core gamer. And I, I, I say myth of the core gamer because that's the title of one of the articles. And the, uh, the, art, the article that that article pulled it from also, you know, it's, it's, it's saying... Your, your core demographic doesn't exist. And I, and I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to say, you know, you need to go for smaller, you know, even target even further your, your games. Because uh, this, this is a developer talking to other developers. Yes. You need to target your, your, your games for even smaller audiences. And he broke down, you know, on PC, you know, the core gamer. And the core gamer is, is, is somebody who buys multiple games a year across multiple genres. Okay, so you're talking like, I think he said at least 12 games a year across multiple genres. Well, you know, he did he did some research and he said various studies suggest there are about 700 to 800 million PC gamers. Okay? Uh, and for Steam, uh, they have 153 million active users. And he says out of those 153 uh, uh, million active users, only 1.3 million actually fit the criteria of a core gamer, which is somebody who buys over 12, uh, you know, over 12 games a year. I believe it was like 12 games a year. Um, so yeah, you're fight. They're actually the, the core gamer is actually the one percent. Yeah, it's it is the one percent of the PC gaming community. Let's say because I mean let's. Let's say it is what it is. Steam is PC gaming right now. You know, at least it would seem that way. Not, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just wrong. My perspective is skewed because they said you know it's between 700 to 800 million PC gamers. But then again, that could that's you know we could be looking at you know people who play like these different MMOs too because 
you know, they may not necessarily buy uh, uh, stuff on Steam, especially if the only game they play are, is that are those MMOs. Right. Yeah. And uh, he made a good point about World of Warcraft. It's actually a point that I have made several times before, that World of Warcraft didn't expand the MMO market. It took players from other genres. Like, basically, uh, uh, World of Warcraft is its own thing. Because it, yes. it, 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 the way it works, it makes people want to play the game. But those people who play World of Warcraft may not necessarily be interested in other MMOs. And that's how World of Warcraft got to 12 million subscribers. And other, other you know, developers and publishers have been trying to mimic World of Warcraft and get, you know, 5 million subscribers or, you know, 8 million subscribers, but they can't even hit that. And they're considered failures, but they're not really failures because those, like the World of Warcraft, you know, 12 million subscribers or even 5 million subscribers now aren't necessarily MMO RPG players. They're World of Warcraft players. Yes. You know, and, and that, and the, you made a very good point on that. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's the core market is a lot smaller than I think people think it is. But at the same time, those, those that core market, it's still 1.3 million PC gamers. And those PC gamers are more willing to buy multiple indie titles and try things out of genre and stuff like that. Um, it's funny because, Nick, you're not part of the 1%. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, if anything, I kind of fall more into that. Um, actually, no, I have to check how many. Well, what did he say? As far as I think, I'm in that twenty percent that has like eighty percent of the games on Steam. I think I fall into that four based games. on the numbers. Four games. Yeah, I, ha- I have more than four games on Steam. I don't have the hundred and seventeen games or what I think whatever it was. He said you need to be in the the one percent. Oh yeah. But no, but I, I think especially you know from my experience playing Warcraft is that it brought a lot of people in who, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who really only have time to devote to one game at a time. And in order for them to move from whatever game they're currently playing to something else, that game needs to offer a more, a, a, a different enough experience, or, you know, or an improved experience to make it worthwhile. And I think the problem is that with the M- with MMOs, and really I think this applies to sort of any game where you've got sort of a, a major a major player and every you know and then everybody else like on a second tier trying to vie for that major player's market, is that people get into that one game and like that's their one game. I think a lot of people played WoW and said like this is my MMO. Why am I going to play any other MMO? If I'm going to come back and play an MMO, I'm going to play the one that I've already put hours into where my character's whatever level, so I don't have to start from the beginning and go over that and. It's it really raises an interesting question because I feel like a lot of these numbers it's like when a developer is building their pitch to go get funding they're going to be like okay well you know we want to build an MMO and we know it's going to cost this much to make and you know based off projections you know look at what Blizzard did with WoW and they got 12 million subscribers we feel we can get like 8 million based off that number and fundamentally that's a flawed number that you should never be looking at and that's really the argument that he's making is I mean, yeah, that'll get you more funding, but it's also going to get your funding pulled once your, you know, your venture capitalist realizes that that's a flawed number. Yeah. That, yeah, it's, it's, there's no, the, if you're going to make a game, you need to be realistic about who is out there for you to get the game. And yeah, you can think like, oh, well, my game's going to be better and it's going to draw from their player base, but that doesn't always happen. And, and it's not, even if your game is better, your game is not that game and whatever that game has you know that it may be something that you can't replicate like you can't make another world of warcraft because like you you know i mean if somebody's playing for like the lore or the story or again like even with destiny and their friends that you can't 
necessarily ca- catch those people to bring them over. You can't bring those features. So yeah, it's. I think what really this is sort of a primer that if if you're you know, to be realistic about the numbers that you can get and the, who really is the the core gamer market and how small they are compared to the 700 to 800 million, you know, numbers that you can use to, to you know, justify saying like, oh, there's a lot of people we can get to play our game. Yeah. And I think that that's been a problem for a while. And that's why these MMOs, like MMOs that were good, flopped and they should have stayed. Like, I really, really liked Warhammer Online. I really liked it, and eventually it just went away because it was considered a failure. You know, I'm actually surprised EA decided to stick it or stick around with uh, uh, the Star Wars for so long, the Old Republic. But I guess well, that, that, that MMO now now with MMOs like you know around the time with uh, Warhammer, it was either pass or fail. Now it's like, well, if you don't make it, go free to play and see yeah. how it goes. And you can thank DCU Online for that. Because they made a huge comeback, um, but yeah, I mean, I to be honest with you, like I still, even though free to play MMOs are kind of okay because now you get to try them at least a little bit before you dive really in. So I appreciate that, but at the same time, I would still like the fact of you know paying one subscription fee and you get everything. And mo, uh, I guess it's not really not a non-issue because a lot of the free to play MMOs still use that. You know, you can do that. Like, I know, uh, uh, fucking, uh, Skyforge, even in beta, you can start paying your 15 bucks a month and you get access to everything. Like, you're a subscriber. Uh, basically. I forget what they call it. I forget what they actually call it, like Platinum or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I guess the, the, the gist of the article was, you know, Know who you're actually talking to or know who your actual audience is as opposed to just looking at some numbers like, oh, yeah, that's how large the market is for that genre. That's great. The more, the the, uh, the the market for esports is huge right now. Let's make an esports game. Maybe it won't work out. Maybe you do need to make something that's a bit more unique and get something for, you know, get, get something for those players to play. Like, if you make a unique indie game and you can get, you know, a chunk, like 10%, uh, if you're an indie developer, you get 10% of that core demographic, that core gamer, to buy your game. I think you're that's that's a pretty good setup. A hundred thousand, you know, yeah. sales at fifteen dollars. That ain't bad for an indie studio. But, but I think you need to look though too, especially when you're looking on Steam. How many of those games were bought at a discount price? And and I, I think that's actually sort of the flip side of it too is how often are there Steam sales? So you know you know that everybody every all of the what was 153 million people have access to these Steam sales, and they still only have like one game. Like really, like not, not like there are games that are like 99 cents. None of them appeal to you in Steam at any point. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Cause there's been I mean there's been some good 99 cent games out there, and I think. I think that just goes to speak to, for the large number of gamers, how resistant they are to try new things. That is true. That that is very true. I didn't realize I was so unique, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. I just thought that was how what gamers did. I you're, just you're, thought that's what they did. You're you're a core gamer who doesn't like PewDiePie, so you must be very unique. No, that just means I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is what that means. I'm a grown ass man. Who, who do you hate more, PewDiePie or Donald Palmer? 
Donald Palmer. It's Harper, by the way. <laughs> that guy. Uh, who do I hate more, PewDiePie? Absolutely. Donald Harper doesn't make stupid noises. <laughs> Just saying. Like it, it's. We're not going to get back into it. We're gonna... <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to close out this episode of the MASHcast. Um, unless you guys got anything else you want to bring up. Yeah, I'm going to take that uh. as a no. Okay. All right. So, uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud with soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, we're also on Player.fm. We're on Pocket Casts, Overcast for iOS. Uh, we have other podcasts. You know, the MASHcast is weekly, so every Monday you'll get your uh, episode of the MASHcast. But we also have uh, we have uh, the WoW Talk. Which is bi-weekly. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. We just have one this week, so not... Well, actually, this week, because you're going to hear this on Monday, you won't have one, but next week you will have a brand new WoW Talk. That's every yes. two weeks. Then uh, at the beginning of the, of the month, you will have uh, Double Tap, a new episode of Double Tap, which is going to be interesting because um, uh, Summer Jam is at the end... is next week, so it's at the end of... Uh, basically at the end of August. Uh, so we got Summer Jam coming up, and Dre is going to, or Crash Tag, he is going to uh, PAX Prime in Seattle. Ooh, so he's going to have, he might have some stuff to say. So that's going to be the first week of September. Second week of September is going to be a new episode of In Orbit, and that is a week before The Taken King comes out. So that should be interesting. We should have just about everything we're going to know about The Taken King out by that time. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not good point nick uh all those podcasts you can you catch wild talk and in orbit and double tap you can catch them on itunes and stitcher smart radio as well actually uh, you can catch them on pocket casts and player.fm we're everywhere man so uh but you can also catch us on twitter.com slash mtb site we're on facebook.com slash mash those buttons and youtube.com slash mash those buttons I'm on Twitter at concept uh, SF, so as C0NC3PTSF. Uh, if you want something easier, you can follow Nick. Nick, what's your Twitter? At WookieBH. With two E's. That's how you spell Wookie. Hey, I'm just saying. This has got two <laughs> E's. Okay. <laughs> For those who didn't know. If you, want, if, you, if you want to talk to me and you misspell Wookie, I'm sorry. <laughs> Every are you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Bishonen no Miko, but that's super long. Okay, do you use it? I can if people want to. Okay, she doesn't use it. Mostly found on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. We had the same discussion on Wow Talk like two weeks ago, so yes. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well that is gonna be another show. Thank you very much. Uh we will catch you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah.